the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 183 for November 29th, 2009. The winner of our Bodyguards giveaway, Apple joins AT&T in the fight against Verizon, and how to sync your phone with iTunes. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Coppas. Brought to you by Netflix and supported by listeners like you, subscribers to The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked. More information at thecellphonejunkie.com. This show is also supported by the Cell Phone Junkie podcast application for the iPhone and iPod Touch, now available in the iTunes store for $1.99. Speaking of the Unlock show, Joey and I released the TCPJ Unlock show number 37 this week, and we talked about, well, will there be an iPhone coming to uh, Verizon? Or will AT&T retain the exclusivity? Also, we talk about the AT&T versus Verizon lawsuit that's going on right now. And Joey and I kind of dig into that and talk about what's happening on both of these topics and also speculate a little bit about what you can expect in the next few months. So uh, a good show to listen to. And if you have subscribed, thank you very much. And if you haven't, make sure you do so so you can check out this latest show. Well, on the Cell Phone Junkie show number 182 last week, I asked for people to send in photos of how they're listening to our show. I stated that I would choose one person randomly as the winner of a bodyguard's protective shield of their choice. We received a number of responses, and the winner of the shield is John Sotil. Sorry if I'm pronouncing your name incorrectly there, but John, uh, congratulations, and uh, I'm going to post all the photos so you can check out uh, everything uh, that people are using to listen to the show on. A lot of smartphones out there. Definitely a lot of people listening to us on iPhones and Symbian devices, a couple of Blackberries as well. Also had a couple screenshots of various uh, computers that were being used to listen to the show. So thanks to everyone who entered. It was a contest. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And John, uh, I'll be shooting you an email so that you can let us know which bodyguards protective device that you would like. And again, thanks to bodyguards for sponsoring this giveaway for us. So speaking of bodyguards, both Joey and I have been using them as our uh, primary protective shield on our devices here and wanted to have a little discussion about them as uh, before we move on. It's, it's interesting looking at this is a direct comparison to the invisible shield. Obviously, we looked at those uh, a few months ago, and uh, this one I'm I'm pretty impressed with. You know, most of most of these types of of skins or shields, whatever you want to call them, are okay when you first put them on. But you know, there's obviously limitations. You know, as far as the clarity and things like that. And then you finally get to a point where they start to peel quite a bit, and uh, you have some issues. Well, uh, you know, we first put these on, talked about them last week, and, and the clarity of them I think is is uh, by far superior to anything I've seen before. Uh, and as far as the coverage, it's, it's very, very good. Joey talked about how great it was on his Centro. Uh, one thing I did notice this week is that, you know, partially due to my not exactly perfect installation when I first put the bodyguards on, uh, I found that some of the corners were starting to peel up after just a few days. And, uh, you know, I was a little disappointed with that. And so I would, you know, constantly pushing them down and doing different things. And I did a little bit of research and tried to figure out if there's something I could do. And what they recommend is that, you know, you really are able to kind of put back down the corners by simply introducing a little bit of the solution that they provide with it for the installation. So what I ended up doing was peeling back uh, the corners that were coming up a little bit, taking the little spray bottle that they have, spraying it on there, kind of making sure that it was fully covered, pushing it back down, applying a little bit of pressure, and the corners have actually, you know, have settled back into their respective, you know, positions. And I've been pretty, I uh, was pretty happy with that. I was not expecting it to really work, to be honest with you. And so it's, uh, it, it, it went really, really well. And so far, so good. I mean, there's definitely a little bit of peeling. And like I said, it's mostly due to my just, you know, far from, you know, perfect installation of it on here. But overall, I'm looking at the, the iPhone right now. And with, with the exception of just a couple of small spots, it actually has been pretty good. I've been impressed with it over the last 10 days. Yeah, I definitely think this is this is holding up better, Mickey. Um, it, it the phone lives in my pocket all day long, and I'm taking it in out of my pocket uh, millions of times a day, basically. And uh, honestly, I have got nothing uh, peeling up. There's a couple of the um, uh, I don't know what I'd describe them as, is, but they're uh, areas where the, the 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 shield is cut out to to go around corners. I've got a couple of those lifting, but those aren't corners that will actually continue to lift. It's just it's like a it's like little know, it's puckers just, it's a little pucker in the in the in like a little area where they the the, the cut kind of it's mm-hmm. cut to go around a corner but i've got no problem with that yeah um but it, it's holding up very very well that's exactly kind of what i'm talking about when i was saying i've got these little areas that are coming up and what i've done 
like I said, is you kind of, if you peel it back a little bit and you spray a little solution or even just spray a little bit under there and then just kind of push it down and hold it there, it, it reactivates the adhesive that they've got on there. And and so it's been, it's been pretty good. Have you, you know, I guess I've been, fortunately have not dropped it yet, but I, I have yet to uh, you know, see how, how great it is. I mean, obviously I'm someone who sets the phone down on pretty much any surface. And so it's been nice to be able to, you know, not see any scratches on the back of it. And, you know, I've done a little, you know, test there where I've taken my fingernail or keys or whatever and tried to scratch it. And it seems to be, it seems to be a pretty good protective layer on this. So I I don't know if you've seen anything with that. No, I haven't yet. I haven't uh, dropped or done any, uh, direct damage to where the shield's covering, um, and yeah, it's, it's pretty scratch free. Uh, I, I don't have any scratches on it yet. Okay. All right. Well, like I said, there, they seem to be very good products here. And so it, it was great to have them being a, a sponsor of a giveaway here and letting us take a look at them. And, you know, as we move forward here, um, you know, we'll make sure we let you know if we continue to keep them on our devices or if they end up coming off. And quite honestly, if we do end up, I, personally, if I have to take mine off, I've still got another one here. That's one of the nice things about the Bodyguards product is they send you two when you buy the product. And so you get to take the, you know, get the opportunity to either, you know, fix a mistake maybe with your initial installation or after a few months, if it starts to get dirty or dingy or anything, you can just replace it. Of course, a lifetime warranty with it. Bodyguards.com is where you can get more information about it. That's guards with a Z. And uh, so B-O-D-Y-G-U-A-R-D-Z. Dot com. Uh, anyway, lots of lots of good stuff over there, and they've got uh, different products for many different devices. So great news uh, from you know at least for the first ten days for both Joey and I. Well, kind of a, a fun thing happened this week as I was kind of digging around and looking through some different uh, some different posts of people on Facebook. I found that there is something called the Podcast Awards, and the Podcast Awards is essentially a group that's put together. Uh, the the voting of all sorts of different choice or different podcasts and different uh, categories. So, for example, you've got categories such as the best video podcast, uh, the best business podcast, comedy podcast. There's also a podcast called the best mobile phone formatted podcast. And lo and behold, the cell phone junkie is in there. We're very proud to be a finalist in the uh, 2009 podcast awards. Here, uh, it's great to see that every you know everyone who has supported us and, and put us in to get into these awards. So, if you'd like to vote for us, voting is open through the 30th of November. I know that's coming up here. Uh, as we record this on the 29th, that's tomorrow, Monday. So if you listen to the show and you've got some time, please go vote for us, podcastawards.com. We've got a link in the show notes. You can go to thecellphonejunkie.com and click on that link and get over there. We're the, uh, basically the second show down on the right side, or the second category down on the right side, right in the middle of all the different shows that are out there. Click on it, go down to the bottom of the page, and click. Uh, type in your basically your name and email address hit submit you'll get an email in just a a few minutes and you can click on that to verify your vote that's a very important thing is that you've got to verify your vote after you submit it and they will be announcing the winners in a live podcast awards ceremony in mid-december so very very proud to be part of these awards and uh, thank you for everyone who has already voted for us and uh, for those that are listening to this and can head on over and do that within the next couple of days. Uh, if you hear this on the 29th, you can also vote uh, tomorrow as well. You can vote once every 24 hours. So uh, very nice uh, that they're allowing for multiple votes like that. So thanks to everyone again for who has voted for us and uh, those who will after hearing this. Moving into the news, first story this week is that Apple is entering the AT&T and Verizon argument with a couple of new iPhone ads. They released some ads this past week that are touting the iPhone's uh, ability to handle both voice and data connections simultaneously via the 3G network. That ability has obviously been available since the release of uh, the UMTS networks that AT&T put out a few years ago, but it's really uh, really been touted here and explained very well. And uh, what the iPhone commercials are doing is taking the uh, phone call and allowing the showing the user how they can go out of the phone call and into an application and do something on the data network and then go back into the phone call without having to ever leave that call. Uh, obviously, AT&T had filed suit earlier in the month, uh, and that's something that we talked about on the latest Unlock show. And uh, it's interesting that how after all of this and uh, the denial of uh, the restraining order uh, that AT&T is requesting, that Apple is putting out something like this. And this just, again, kind of will solidify my argument that I don't think Verizon's going to be picking up this iPhone here in the next couple of, you know, next year. It just doesn't seem like a real good thing. So uh, for them to be doing that, I don't know, Joey, if you have anything different to say about that. 
No, I, I, I kind of just don't feel it either, but uh, I suppose it is still possible, but I, I, it just doesn't seem likely uh, with all that bashing they've been doing. Yeah. Anyway, a full case uh, between AT&T and Verizon will proceed beginning on the 16th of November. So once we get to that point, we'll be talking a little bit more about it. Well, the iPhone and Android are now totaling 75% of U.S. smartphone web traffic. This is according to AdMob in an October report reporting that uh, of the thousands of web requests that went out, 55% went to Apple and 20% went to Android. BlackBerry's share of the request dropped by 2% down to a 12% overall. Palm's WebOS dropped from a 10% share down to 5%, and Windows Mobile uh, has 4% of the U.S. smartphone web traffic market. So very interesting numbers there to see. Not real surprising. We see a lot of iPhones out there, and obviously having uh, you know 55% of the people that are making uh, requests on the mobile web coming from that particular device. Other statistics showing that the Motorola Droid is a big mover here in the, the percentage of Android uh, uh, market share that's happening there. Again, according to AdMob, showing that the Droid is now taking up approximately 24% of all Android handset traffic that's going on right now, which is a, a big kind of move if you think about it for the last just couple of weeks that the device has been out. The HTC Dream has got 30, uh, 30 plus percent of the market right now, uh, followed by the Droid, followed by then the HTC Magic, and then the Hero and the Motorola Click. So the, the Droid is sneaking up very quickly on being the most popular Droid handset out there, at least as far as requests going out to the AdMob servers. Well, cell phone use is causing issues, and uh, people using them while walking down the street are receiving a higher risk or having a higher risk of getting run over. That was kind of a mouthful to say. Anyway, but Americans today are seeing a higher risk of being hit if they're using a cell phone while they're walking down the street. Basically, a, uh, a study has shown that pedestrians using phones are more likely to get hit by a car. doesn't seem all that, you know, necessarily uh, you know interesting but when he they went into a lot of studies here showing that it doesn't necessarily mean you know listening to music or anything like that but actually uh, using the phone while uh, walking down the street could cause problems I don't know Joey I, I think about this and in, in how I walk around and in, in email and stuff like that and I could I could see you being a little bit distracted that makes sense well yeah it's just I mean it is just simple distraction I mean it's not necessarily the cell phone that's causing uh, you know, the, inherently you to get, you know, more likely to be hit by a car. I mean, you could be using your MP3 player and it'd be, you know, probably the same amount of risk. But yeah, I mean, it's just one thing you do have to be aware of your surroundings, no matter what you're doing with your cell phone or uh, any other, you know, needy device or any other device. You have to make sure you're kind of watching out for yourself. Yeah, I, I guess that's that's really the case. It's it's not all that, you know, fascinating of a statistic, but nonetheless, no. it's a story, right? So Anyway, Infineon and Nokia have agreed to work together to co-develop baseband chips for the future LTE networks. Infineon said that they are already supplying Nokia with chips, and the two are making sure that Infineon's transceivers are working with the Nokia modems. This will ensure that the future products are compatible uh, with the new LTE networks that will begin to be available in the upcoming years. As a reminder, AT&T, T-Mobile, and Verizon here in the U.S. have sided with LTE for their fourth-gen networks. Well, according to CNN, a website has posted half a million text messages from the 9-11-01 attacks from New York City. This is, uh, I know, going to be a hard story for some people to uh, to listen to or to go back and read, but I wanted to just touch on it. Uh, a total of 2,976 people were killed in the attacks, and uh, like I said, half a million messages were sent out and uh, then redistributed, I guess, through uh, through the public uh, sectors here. And CNN has gone through and pulled out a section uh, sampling of some of these messages, uh, going through the timing of what was going on during during these attacks here. Uh, some as simple as you know, just trying to find out if you know the the person that they're talking to is okay. Some people going in and, or sending messages to others, basically saying goodbye. Uh, very very sad uh, to read through some of these. But if you're kind of a you know interested in in reading some of the stuff that was going on, uh, you can do so by heading over to uh, the the site and click on the link that we have here in the show notes. Joey, this was it was kind of hard for me to go through. I mean, obviously I felt bad for you know these messages. It was interesting kind of invasion of privacy almost. They didn't have the numbers or the names of any of the people that were sending these, but still how did you know how did this information get out, you know? I, it came from WikiLeaks and uh, the source has not been identified whether or not it's from the government, from a carrier or from a citizen who had uh, you know 
capture the messages somehow. Um, I I really don't know what it, where it would have come from, but it's kind of a reminder that anything you do send with SMS uh, or basically a computer at all um, can be recorded, will be recorded and stored and possibly published at some point in the future. Um, it, it's, uh, it is pretty harsh to see some of these things that, uh, some of the government related ones were kind of interesting to me when they were talking about the, you know, like the, um, the president and his daughters and what, uh, you know, what they were doing with that. And it, to me, it was interesting that that information was being SMS around instead of using maybe, I figured they'd have a, you know, a, their own network where they could do that with. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Well, obviously, like I said, it's very emotional material, especially those that were involved in, in, in the activities that were happening. Um, but it is definitely part of a historic record. And so that's why they're, they're you know, leaking this information out, I guess. But um, anyway, I, I don't uh, I don't necessarily condone that this is what this has happened here and, and that this is out there. But nonetheless, you know, <clears throat> obviously, SMS was a big way of communication at that time, just because a lot of the phone systems were down. And so there was really no other way for people to communicate. So that's, that's kind of how it went. Yep. And it is, you know, usually in times of high capacity, high usage like that, that's uh, pretty much the only message that is going to get through because making a phone call is probably out of the question at that point. So it's definitely a good uh, form of communication. Yep, absolutely. Next here, Lenovo paying $200 million to buy back its phone unit. The PC maker announced that it will spend the $200 million to repurchase the mobile phone unit that it sold to investors last year. They said that the mobile phone business in 2008 uh, was sold for about $100 million. And although it isn't clear uh, what the private investors have done with the company over the last year, Lenovo believes that mobile devices will play an increasingly important role in computing and think by reacquiring the mobile phone business, it can bolster the existing PC business and provide for new opportunities in the home market of China and around the world in the upcoming years. Well, AT&T announced this week several new data plans that offer customers some flexibility when it comes to mobile data. The three new plans include a day pass, which includes 75 megabytes of data for $15, a week pass, which is 250 megs for $30, and a monthly pass, which includes 500 megabytes for $50. None of the plans require a contract, and AT&T wireless data services uh, are available throughout the U.S., Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Well, Verizon Wireless has petitioned this week against its competitor. This time, though, it's Sprint. It wants to drop the have Sprint drop the advertisement stating that Sprint is, quote, America's most dependable 3G network. Following a challenge issued by Verizon, the National Advertising Division of the Council for Better Business Bureaus points to a study that shows Verizon has fewer dropped and blocked calls than Verizon, and it has asked Sprint to cease airing the ads. Sprint says it will seek an intervention from the National Advertising Review Board. This is an interesting one, too. I'm obviously, we're going back into all these nebulous terms of most reliable, most dependable, best, you know, you know best coverage, you know, I mean, all these things. Joey, who, who has the most dependable network? Can Sprint prove that? Well, yeah, they can prove it, but it's, it's tough because, you know, depending on what study is done and what the scope of the study is, you know, you could almost prove anything. You could prove that, uh, you know, the tiny, little teeny, tiny network somewhere has the best coverage and the best service. But, um, you know, it's, it's really tough to say because it, depending on a, whichever survey they grab and decide to use, yeah, it has the potential of being the most dependable network, depending on what you're looking at. So, I mean, we, they're all pretty good is basically what it is. <laughs> that's, I think that's what should be the new sprint slogan is we're America's best, <laughs> pretty good network. Cause that's about, <laughs> about as much as they can. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> whatever. Sprint also announced this week that they've completed the acquisition of Virgin mobile. The shareholders voted in favor of the acquisition, paving the way for the deal to go through. Sprint will offer both Virgin mobile and boost mobile prepaid services and says that customers will experience no interruption or change in the services as a result of this acquisition. T-Mobile's news this week says that they're launching 3G services in four new markets. Those markets include Clarksville, Tennessee, Topeka, Kansas, Montgomery, Alabama, and Omaha, Nebraska. Well, help support the cell phone junkie by signing up for a two-week free trial of Netflix. Plans start at $4.99 per month with over 100,000 titles to choose from. Keep each movie as long as you want. No late fees ever. Free shipping both ways. Free delivery in about one business day. You can cancel anytime. And as a bonus to those DVDs, watch some of the movies over the internet for no additional charge. 
Joey and I appreciate your support of the show by signing up for a free trial of Netflix. Well, I've kind of been on and off watching here over the last few weeks, but I, I finally started to really get into it this week and started streaming some of the the older Curb Your Enthusiasm shows over Netflix. And I found them to be, uh, you know, I, I for whatever reason, I was a huge Seinfeld fan. And, and Joey knows this. I, I've Joey's, I've been quoting Seinfeld to Joey for 10 years, so he knows how much I, I love Seinfeld, and I could just never get into watching Larry David act, and it just, I don't know, for whatever reason, just, I finally said I need to buckle down, I need to watch these, because he's the creator of these shows, and you know, he's actually, you know, he's pretty good, so anyway, I've kind of gone in, and you know, season one and season two, I think, are what's on streaming Netflix right now, so I've been watching those. And been enjoying them, you know, a little bit, and it's it's growing on me as we go. So I don't know, Joe. I know you've been a you've been a Curb fan forever. I, I, I'm kind of a Curb fan, but again, it's painful to watch. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. You know, I, it's it's so difficult to uh, the some of those situations. You just want to slap him, <laughs> tell him what are you thinking? Uh, yeah, but sometimes it's very very funny. Other times I I just cringe. It's mm-hmm. it's one of those kind of it, it's challenging sometimes. Yeah, but it's a very creative show. It's all ad libbed. It is not scripted at all, so it may give you kind of a better appreciation when you watch it. That's true. That's true. Any uh, any things that you wanted to recommend? I know you've been doing a little traveling this week, and so you may not have been uh, real on top of the the yeah, TV watching. No, but... I was. I don't believe I watched anything from Netflix this week. Mm. I've got some new discs in the mail right now, but uh, nothing new yet. Well, they're getting cold outside in the mailbox. You should go get them. I'm sure they are. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on to devices here. The UK getting its fourth carrier for the iPhone. If you're a, a, a UK uh, resident, you know that, of course, O2 had the exclusive for a while. And, of course, uh, a couple others uh, picked it up. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Vodafone and Orange, I believe, were the two that, that picked it up. And now Tesco is the fourth major carrier in the UK to pick it up. Now, the interesting thing about Tesco is that they are essentially a... Uh, retail giant in the UK, and they've got supermarkets and uh, also smaller stores as well. And they are, I think, a subsidiary of O2. And so uh, with the, it's not really like it's a, a different network as far as what I understand. And it's, if there's someone in the UK that maybe can explain that a little bit more, that'd be great. But from what I have kind of figured out about Tesco is that they're essentially an MVNO using the O2 network. Anyway, you can now get yourself a Tesco iPhone 3G or 3GS, so great news for uh, additional ways to pick up the iPhone in the UK. Well, also on iPhone news, they've launched pretty big in South Korea, according to the Associated Press. Uh, They're saying that the iPhone in South Korea has sold over 50,000 iPhone pre-orders prior to the Korean launch day. The numbers suggest that the iPhone will be a sizable competition for local companies such as Samsung and LG. The current smartphone market in South Korea is about 400,000 users as of the end of the third quarter of 2009, and the full size of the mobile phone market estimated at just under 50 million units. So looking like the iPhone is going to be picking up a significant amount or a significant percentage of the number of phones, and especially smartphones, that are being sold in South Korea. So great news for those that uh, are looking to get themselves an iPhone in South Korea and just for those that are Apple fans, I guess. Well, HP's iPack Glisten is going to be sold by AT&T. They both announced that the Glisten is a new Windows Mobile 6.5 smartphone with a QWERTY keyboard for messaging and an AMO LED touch display, has quad-band GSM and Edge with tri-band HSDPA, as well as Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, a GPS, and a 3.1 megapixel fixed focus camera, as well as threaded messaging, preloaded applications, and voice commander software. It will cost $230 before rebate and should be available in the next few weeks. Well, the folks that are BlackBerry users down under will be excited to note that the BlackBerry Bold 9700 will be coming to Telstra in Australia. It's uh, got the same specs as you'd expect to find it here anywhere else in the world with a 3.2 megapixel camera, the BlackBerry OS 5.0, and a 480 by 360 display. It will come in at a whopping 999 Australian dollars. That's about 900 US dollars. Uh, although you'll be able to get a good deal on it with the Telstra mobile repayment option that helps you spread out that payment over a two-year contract. So interesting uh, how that works there. But nonetheless, if you're a Telstra uh, user, you can now get yourself a BlackBerry Bold 
9700. Well, Nokia announced two new slider phones this week, both including quad-band GSM and Edge radios with tri-band WCDMA 3G for the North American markets. Other shared features include Bluetooth, support for micro SD cards, FM radio, and integration with the Avi services. Both will be available in the first quarter of 2010. The first device is the 6700 Slide. It's an S60 handset featuring a 5-megapixel camera with autofocus, flash, Carl Zeiss optics, and an onboard photo editing function. It also captures video at 15 frames per second and will cost $240. The second is the 7230, which is a Series 40 handset that steps down to a 3.2 megapixel camera, which includes Nokia Express audio messaging and will cost $150. Well, Amazon has got the Samsung Moment, the newest Android device for Sprint, for $100 less than the carrier. If you want to pick yourself up a Moment, you can get it for $79.99 on contract through Amazon versus the $179.99 if you go and buy it at a Sprint or even uh, Best Buy store. So check that one out uh, on Amazon if you're looking to get yourself the latest Android device on Sprint. The Droid Eris is available for $30, and this one is coming to us from Engadget, and they're saying that if you want to pick up the Eris, you can do so uh, through Walmart Wireless or Let's Talk com for only $30. That's uh, down from the $100 price point that you can get it through at a Verizon store. So cheap Android this week seems to be the word. Boost Mobile adding the Motorola i410 to its lineup. It's a uh, PTX features uh, that has GPS, Bluetooth, speakerphone, and MMS. It's a semi-rugged device that has two displays and OpenWave WAP browser support. Pricing was not immediately disclosed, but look for it to be relatively cheap. The Message 08 or Message Mate phone from Cricket Wireless uh, will be in stores this coming week. It's a tri-band CDMA candy bar style phone with a QWERTY keyboard on it. It's got dedicated keys for messaging applications as well as access to social networking. Also has a 3.1, excuse me, 1.3 megapixel camera. Sorry, Freudian slip there. Bluetooth speech recognition and hands-free calling. It also has a a toggle support on the side for navigating through menus and on-screen content. Uh, the Message Mate will be available th- for a special introductory price of only $100 through Cricket Stores uh, for the uh, weekend here. And uh, also, they did not say what the price would be after that, but look for it to go up. Uh, next here, Nissan has a new self-healing scratch shield paint that could be applied to mobile phones. Apparently, Nissan scientists have developed a paint clear coat called Scratch Shield that can self-repair light scratches overnight or over the course of a week. Apparently, this particular paint is being used or being tested on automobiles, and they're looking to use it to heal 80% of surface marks on devices such as cell phones. Now, Joey, I find this story to be uh, particularly interesting, as we've talked about here this week with our, our bodyguard shields here that we're using on our phones. And, you know, this is something that could be, you know, relatively similar to to that where it's you basically have no case but if you happen to drop your phone or set it on something that scratches it it's going to heal itself in just a few days that's really neat that's technology at work there mickey i I wonder what the price would be on this but i suppose in the mass mass uh, production it wouldn't be too bad uh for for added cost but it's kind of nice not to have a scratched up device yeah, I think so too. This is a, a technology that was introduced about four years ago, but they're finally starting to figure out a way to apply it to other things besides uh, vehicles. So that's great. Well, what's kind of neat about it is what 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 this will provide is uh, you know carriers to be able to or manufacturers to be able to make phones in you know a whole array of different colors and not really have to you know worry about sticking to the the basic colors. Because, you know, you don't have to worry about the, the paint scratching through and then showing up the different color plastic underneath, which is a big problem in my Centro, actually, with my red one. When the paint would get scratched off, it was bright white plastic underneath it. So it was very obvious that it was scratched. And uh, with the green one I have now, it's black plastic underneath of it. So it's, it, it's not ideal. And if it was self-healing, hey, it'd be great. Yeah, I think so. I, I think it's a it's a real neat uh, real neat thing, and I would be very excited to try it out on a device, especially if they can hook up with some of the major manufacturers. So, uh, great news there. Well, more news in a moment, but first a word about another way that you can help support the cell phone junkie. TCPJ Unlocked is a bi-monthly premium podcast where Joey and I delve into the depths of the mobile phone industry and talk about all the things that give you your TCPJ fix. Sign up is easy. 
Simply visit thecellphonejunkie.com, click on the link on the right side for TCPJ Unlocked, then click on subscribe to premium content and follow the instructions to get signed up. We thank everyone who has already supported us by signing up. We appreciate every single subscription that we have. Well, let's move into some software news here. Google announced that the Google Maps Navigation, the software uh, is providing the GPS services for the Android 2.0 devices, is available to devices running Android 1.6. Google Maps Navigation offers free turn-by-turn voice-guided directions between two points. The Google Maps Navigation for Android 1.6 also offers support for more layers. The new application is available as a free download in the Android market to customers here in the U.S. So check that one out if you're running uh, an Android device uh, such as, uh, I'm trying to think here, which devices have the 1.6. This is the problem with Android is that you've got all these different devices out there that have got different variants of the software. Uh, I'm thinking maybe the HTC Hero on Sprint may have that. Uh, I'm not positive about that. But anyway, if you've got any Android 1.6 enabled device, make sure you're downloading the new Google Maps navigation. Well, if you've got an iPhone that's been jailbroken and you're using an SSH uh, program on it, you may want to hear this next story. Uh, basically, this is the easy way to go in and unlock or to lock down your device so that you're not uh, getting worms passed onto your device uh, through the services that are being, or the, uh, I guess we'll call them Trojans or other worms that are being thrown out there. They're affecting these types of devices. Again, this affects only jailbroken iPhones that have installed OpenSSH. Basically, you begin by installing the mobile terminal via Cydia. Then you type, uh, you go into that terminal and you type in login. You'll be asked for your login name, which should be root, and then the password should be Alpine. Type in PSSWD, tap return, and you'll be asked to type in a new password, tap return, and then type your password again. Repeat this process for the mobile user by replacing root with mobile in step three, and then change the password from mobile to a different password, and you'll be locking down your device so you won't be uh, at risk of uh, getting infected by one of these different worms. Basically, this is one of the things that uh, you can cause you issues if you uh, have an unlocked device and you're using SSH. Hopefully, though, if you're doing this, you've already taken the steps to, uh, to do this. Uh, if you want to read more about it, we'll have a link in the show notes on how to take care of your device. Well, RIM is making available a MediaSync 3.0 application for both Microsoft Windows and Apple's OS X platforms. The update to MediaSync adds several new features, including two-way photo syncing to Windows PCs. Also, MediaSync 3.0 adds folders for syncing with the option to optimize photos to make the best use of available memory. Users of Windows PCs will now be able to set folders to automatically sync and will be alerted when they connect their BlackBerry to their PC and new pictures are available to be synced back to that PC. The new version also improves music syncing uh, for both Windows and Apple uh, OS X machines and works with both Windows Media Player and iTunes. The software is a free download and is compatible with all media-capable Blackberries. Well, Google has made some changes to its browser-based versions of Gmail, Latitude, Calendar, and Tasks, Tasks for the iPhone and Android platforms. The new versions have darker headers and larger buttons that are easier to tap. Well, the service Fring recently announced a new version of its software for select S60 devices, letting users place video calls to other phones from their mobile device. Fring video calls are already possible with other Fring and Skype users via Wi-Fi or 3G networks. Fring already provides free voice calls uh, to Fring, Skype, Google Talk, and regular phones via Skype Out. And right now, the video calling feature is only possible on the Nokia X6, N97 Mini, N97, 5800, N95 8GB, N95, and N82 devices. Fring's social networking and voice features support Symbian S60, iPhone and iPod Touch devices, Android, Windows Mobile, J2ME, and Linux-style devices. Well, Palm and Sprint have issued a joint statement this week acknowledging problems with end-users' Palm profile information. Users have been reporting that their full Palm profile information was not being synced fully back to their devices. The company said, quote, We are seeing a small number of customers who have experienced issues transferring their Palm profile information to another Palm WebOS device. Palm and Sprint are working closely together to support these customers to successfully transfer their information to the new device. Palm and Sprint didn't indicate how long they believe it will take before a fix is available. 
On to some questions and comments this week. First is a question, excuse me, a comment from Matt, and he says, Hey guys, you were talking on the most recent show about application memory. This is a subject I've been tracking fairly closely because I think it's uh, the number one limitation of Android and the BlackBerry operating systems. I just wanted to mention that the Palm WebOS also has a limited amount of application memory. The limit is due to the fact that Palm decided to use a hidden partition for applications in order to prevent piracy. There are also some hacks that you can use to resize the application partition. Uh, Also, according to uh, pre-central, Palm is working on a fix that will resize the partition for you when you run up against the limit. Love the show, Matt. And Matt also supplied us with two links here to pre-central articles that talk about the application space limit and what you can do about it here. Uh, There's some information that we're going to include here in the show notes with these two links. But uh, interesting to see that Palm, the WebOS is also affected by this here. Well, yeah, and you know, Palm OS, you know, I, I you I can store as many applications as I want in memory, but um, the 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 actual like uh, stack memory and heap memory that it has, the it it is limited with the Palm OS as well. Web OS, I wonder if this is um, the same thing. No, you have to install to make room. I, it's very strange to put these arbitrary limits in, especially when their competition, like the iPhone, is what everybody's you know trying to you know match up to. You can run anything in those, you know, in the uh, the application space as well, you know, for the, the gigabytes that you have of storage of your iPhone. But you are limited to memory operating space. And with your, uh, before you had the 3GS, you were running into that mm-hmm. limit uh, pretty frequently. Yeah. And, and that's interesting because I'm looking here right now at, uh, I've got my, my iPhone plugged into iTunes right now. And it shows you the total capacity, which for mine is the 32 gig model. And the application, uh, the amount of room that's taken up by apps right now for me is 3.7 gigabytes. So it, it is it is a nice thing to be able to do. I've got almost you know, you know over three and a half gigs of applications on my phone, and I don't have to you know worry about anything you know going you know going up against not enough memory or anything like that because I can easily manage by taking out different media that I have synced to it to make room for additional applications. So uh, it's good to see, and thanks to Matt for pointing out these these two links here so you can read more about that. Yeah, they say that uh, 253 megabytes is basically all that you can put apps in. So I think you'd have a little trouble running the uh, the pre there, Mickey. <laughs> Well, you know, and it's interesting because obviously you've got things like uh, like maps application navigation uh, that are it's not web based where you've got to load all of these you know maps somewhere. And I guess you know if you can you know save the maps on the other partition, I guess then you're okay. Or you know I, I guess maybe at some point they'll come out with a way to use you know micro SD cards or whatever, and you can you know store the maps on there or what have you. But nonetheless, it's it's kind of annoying. I mean, that's what takes up the biggest amount for me, you know, is the maps. But um, you know, other than that, I guess you know you've got a lot of graphical style applications that are coming out now that are just you know eating up all that room, and uh, so that could definitely be an issue when you're coming to uh, you know the Pixie or the Pre or whatnot. So anyway, interesting though. Uh, thanks again to Matt for providing that to us. Next one here is a voicemail from Ralph. Hey, Mickey and Joey. Thought I'd try to something different instead of calling you guys. I'd leave you a, a recorded message using my iPhone um, audio recording app. Anyways, question is this. I'm getting interested in messing with Android. So um, I'm considering uh, getting a phone on uh, either Verizon or Sprint. I understand that the Verizon uh, Android phones are a little better. Not, not the Droid. I forgot the one before the Droid. Anyways, it's supposed to be a little better than Sprint. However, I'm a little cautious of price, too. It's going to be a second line for me that I'm going to have to flip for. The company's not going to pay because I'm uh, under an AT&T contract at, the, at my firm. In any event, I'm, I'm curious about Sprint. Can't get anybody to give me a straight answer on this. I know Sprint and Verizon obviously use the same technology. I guess Sprint's mainly on, on 1900 CDMA, but... If I if I uh, get into an area where uh, there's no sprint coverage and I switch to Verizon, I understand that it's roaming's free. You know, there's no it's fairly seamless. My question's on data. Some folks are telling me that if I switch to the Verizon network, it goes to one XRTT data. Some folks are saying, no, no, you'll stay at EBDO. Um, not sure if um, I'm not sure what the truth is. So. I know that Joey's got experience with Sprint, and I think you might too, Mickey. So any uh, insights you might have, uh, I'd appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye. All right. Thanks very much for the voicemail, Ralph. First off, uh, you know, I, I guess I would say if you're looking at either Verizon or Sprint, 
Um, I have a, a pretty uh, a pretty definitive opinion on Verizon at this point. I would say definitely take a look at the Eris versus the Droid, but you know that's going to be up to you to make that decision if if you want to you know go and play with them a little bit and decide if you'd like the QWERTY keyboard or not, uh, or if you can handle just typing on glass. As far as the Sprint side, I guess take a look at uh, obviously the Moment, or you still have the HTC Hero that you can look at. And, uh, you know, I, I think the Hero is a great device. I got some hands-on time with that one back at CTIA uh, last month. And I, I think it's, you know, it's a good option. The Moment uh, is okay. I mean, again, if you're looking for a, a full QWERTY keyboard, that's, you know, where your, your options come into. And so take a look at, at all of those. Getting into, you know, what you're deciding on here, obviously, if you're looking at price, uh, if you're, you know, wanting to have a certain amount of, you know, unlimited, you know, data or uh, not data, but voice to not only devices that are customers that are using the Verizon network, but also using, let's say, any other carrier. That's when Sprint really shines is you can get the any mobile, any time plans. And, you know, if you decide to go with the Sprint side, you have a very good question. If you get into a Verizon area where you don't have Sprint coverage, can your phone use the eVideo data coverage that Verizon has in that area? So uh, Joey is, of course, the expert here in, in roaming around. And I would, uh, you know, I will, I will start off by saying my experience here with Sprint in areas where I don't have coverage. And that's, I've got, uh, I've got some data cards that I use with Sprint. And I don't know if it's just a restriction based on the cards, but unfortunately, um, when I get into an area where I know Verizon has service uh, on eVideo, which I can see through my BlackBerry, the Sprint cards that I have will only take advantage of the One XRTT. Now, before the show, Joey made a good point that I may need to update my PRL list and to make sure that I've got the the, the latest in roaming lists that are on, on those devices. But uh, nonetheless, I, I think it may be a limitation where it's not allowing you to uh, to, to roam here on the eVideo if you're outside of the Sprint service. But I know, Joey, you've got contrary information to that. Well, just slightly contrary. It, it, it To me, it seems like when I roam and I get eVideo while roaming, it's been on Altel's network, not necessarily Verizon's. Because for sure, I know I've been in area in areas where Verizon didn't cover uh, cover me with EV, uh, with eVideo, where I know eVideo coverage was available, but I was just getting one XRTT. However, in in areas where I know there is no Altel coverage, I do get eVideo roaming. Okay. So okay. it's not always the case. And I know having an updated PRL can actually it can affect that, uh, what service you get on your device. So, um, and sometimes they actually downgrade your service depending on which PRL. So um, you may want to do a little research into that before you update it because there may be areas uh, where you're, you're actually hindered depending on what the update includes. So I don't have real conclusive information. It probably just varies uh, by location uh, drastically on whether or not you get to have EVDO coverage or not while you're roaming. Well, and it's interesting. I mean, obviously, Joey mentions how it's it's going to drastic, you know, drastically vary. And I'm thinking about. I think Ralph, you're out out west, or I think you're actually in Vegas, um, which I know has very good Sprint coverage uh, from personal experience. I know Joey, you've got that as well. Uh, and, and thinking about you know the areas that I've traveled out west here, uh, Verizon seems to be the clear leader in coverage. Altel is pretty good too. I mean, they've had service out here in the uh, the old cellular bands for quite a while. And I, I think you're, you'd be happy uh, with uh, a Sprint phone if you can find yourself the majority of the time in the major cities. When you head outside of that, though, you're going to you know find yourself roaming. And uh, I, I would say for the for me, it has been, like I said, with my, my USB cards, it has, has really been strictly limited to 1X. But if you can, it sounds like it, it, it may work or may not work. But again, it's... It varies so much based on where you are. Yeah, Mickey, I kind of what you're boiling down saying you'll just have you'll have better data service with Verizon. So if you want to mm-hmm. pay the extra, maybe you know, depending on your plan, uh, you will get more EVDO in in more places with with Verizon. Yeah, I think that's a good sure. way. That's a good way to do it. <clears throat> also, I would say don't uh, don't guarantee or don't think that you can guarantee yourself to have EVDO coverage in all the areas that have. Uh, Verizon eVideo coverage that Sprint doesn't cover. And here's why, because in a lot of those areas, they may be covering it with their one XRTT network. And of course, the phone then is going to, you know, kind of latch on to the Sprint network versus switch you over to the Verizon network. And so you you could be limited by that factor, even though Verizon does have the coverage. If Sprint has the coverage without 3G, you're going to be stuck on the Sprint. 
and a lot of the newer Sprint phones do not allow you to force roaming only. Right. Uh, I can with my Centro, but I know Sprint has really taken that feature out of a lot of uh, a lot of the newer phones they have. So you may not be able to even uh, switch over, which I was do I do uh, occasion on my uh, Centro is, is force it to roaming only to get EVDO roaming coverage where I've got Sprint One XRTT only. Right, and you said just like for the most part that seems to be on the Alltel network in the areas that you're in. Exactly. Okay. All right. Anyway, hopefully that helps. Uh, not exactly, uh, you know, the clear cut answer, of course, but they never really are. So anyway, Ralph, hopefully that gets you in the right direction, at least. Next one's a question from Vincent. He says, Mickey and Joey, I heard you talking about the bodyguards skins for uh, the iPhone during show number 182. And I've been contemplating getting a set for my iPhone 3GS. However, I'm using a, Morph- a Mophie Juice Pack Air, which is a sled-type battery, and I was wondering if the bodyguard skin can be used in conjunction with this. I have seen the gel skin solution uh, in a shop, but the clerk told me that applying one would not make the Juice Pack fit properly. I'm worried that the bodyguards may have this problem as well. Any insight would be appreciated. I've been voting for your podcast. I really hope you guys win. Vincent. Well, Vincent, thank you very much for voting for us. We do appreciate that. This is a great question because I, in fact, had this question myself in, uh, in, in of course, I was excited to be able to, tr- to test it out here. Um, my results, however, are not going to make you happy because here's, here's the problem. Most of these cases are designed in a way to literally fit the, the phone as snugly as possible to basically maximize the coverage and you know, the, minimize the amount of scratching and, and different effects that can happen from uh, a looseness of a case around the device. So when you introduce something like the bodyguards onto it, you're, you're putting a very, very thin amount of this uh, film or material around the device that uh, is, you know, I mean, a microscopic uh, amount. I mean, it's it's less, I would say, probably in the tenths of millimeters thick. Uh, but when you wrap an entire device with that, what it's going to do is it's going to make any sort of case or kind of mount or anything that you're thinking about using with it very, very snug. Uh, one of the, the cases that I use when I'm not using these these shields or skins is one from Incase, and it's a very, very similar in style to the Mophie Juice Pack, and it does not fit. I can't even get it on the phone the entire way uh, without totally mucking up the, 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 the skin. Basically, it starts to like pull it and stretch it, and it does bad things with it. Um, I don't know, Joey, if you've tried any cases, but I mean, that's, that's really been my experience with this. Yep, they, they don't work. You basically, even putting them into holsters that were designed for your phone, it gets tough just with that little bit of added thickness on them. Um, so yeah, you'd unfortunately maybe not install the back panel mm-hmm. is what you could probably do with that. If with the iPhone, just not install that part and then you could use that, uh, that case. So your whole front would be, uh, protected, but probably it, not the sides, right? No, cause mm-hmm. you probably wouldn't have side coverage. So, um, that's what you would be able to do. Yeah. And unfortunately I've tried all sorts of different things as my, you know, my shields, my invisible shields specifically, as they started to kind of deteriorate, I would pull them up a little bit and use the scissors and cut out portions of it and try and make it half work. And, you know, it just, it gets to be a mess and you just end up pulling the whole thing off anyway. But, you know, nonetheless, it's uh, unfortunately, it's just enough of uh, a bulk on the device that you really can't use any of the, you know, these other cases or things on them when you're using it, uh, unless you've got something really, really loose, like maybe a silicone case or something like that, where it's, you know, really rubbery and stretchy and stuff like that. But these hard side ones like the Mophie or like I said, my in case one, it, it just doesn't work. Um, uh, unfortunately. So anyway, that's just kind of the, the way it goes. But, you know, uh, I'm glad you asked the question because it is a very good one. Next here is a voicemail from Charles. Hey guys, uh, listened to the latest show and uh, just heard you guys talking about uh, the Palm Pre and losing the sync with iTunes. And uh, I remember reading, you know, I use iTunes a lot for uh, doing all my music and videos and stuff to my iPhone, unfortunately. But I keep thinking about, you know, when these new devices like the X10 comes out and all that kind of stuff, that boy, it'd be really nice to make the jump. And what am I going to do? And I've, I remember reading something about a. Um, program or you know some kind of device driver type thing or whatever that makes your just the memory on your device look like an iPod. So uh, I don't know. I, I if I get back to the office and can think about it and look it up, and I'll, I'll send you some more information. But there was something that it seems like this is a mood issue because you know I think there's already some software that lets it do it. So because if I jump to a Droid or an X10 or something, I'm definitely going to want that back. And uh, if you guys looked it up, and maybe other people who are out there in the, you know, that don't use iTunes or are frustrated by it can maybe benefit from that as well. All right. Uh, later. 
Charles, thank you very much for the voicemail. And after uh, after he left that voicemail, we went back and forth on email a little bit, and uh, he uh, we we actually found this application here. He found it and sent it over. Uh, the the application that he was talking about here. There's actually a couple of different ones here that are kind of interesting. One is called iTunes Agent. Uh, it's available from SourceForge, and it was uh, a project released. Uh, it looks like a little while ago, and it basically it allows developers. Um, to sync any MP3 player with iTunes as long as the ability to have it connected to the computer via a USB drive is there. Uh, so it can be an MP3 player, a mobile phone, or any other device that you can have media on it. You can connect via USB. So that's called iTunes Agent, available at SourceForge at uh, source, sourceforge.net. Um, uh, preface that by ita.sourceforge.net. Anyway, uh, so that's the first one. Uh, the second one here is called iTunes Sync, and that's a program uh, that essentially does a similar thing where it configures the, the iTunes program to sync with any MP3 player uh, through a, a very, uh, looks like, slim interface here. Um, I've not used either of these. Obviously, I don't have a, a need to do it, but it's, you know, for those that have a Pre, a Pixie, uh, or some other device that has media capabilities but doesn't have the ability to sync with iTunes, if you're an iTunes user, these both look like pretty good uh, places to go. Um, I'm, you know, a big fan of SourceForge. I've used a lot of different applications that they've used, and Joey, I think you have as well. I think they're, they're a pretty reputable group that puts out uh, freeware. Well, SourceForge doesn't really do that. That's just a... a um... Uh, a, a place where you, where somebody with a uh, open source project uh, builds their project and they hold all the binaries and the distribution and the the, the code repositories uh, in SourceForge. So it all depends on who's actually doing the the programming for that. Well, see, this is why we have Joey because I had no idea. I thought that they were actually a group making all those applications. So anyway, okay, well that's good, uh, good to know. But um, looks like that could be it. And there's also a review of uh, the the iTunes agent that we just talked about over at the CNET dot t- or CNET.com uh, blog that allow you to watch a video of them and how they do uh, use this particular program. So uh, thanks, Charles, for the question or voicemail and also for helping us get the answer to that. Uh, so yes, very nice to have some options here as we're looking at some of the different ways to sync your MP3 or phone with your music on iTunes. Last one here, a comment from John. He says, while listening to episode 181 about sending texts and pics without a plan, what about doing it from Google Voice? I haven't tried it, but it might work. Well, obviously, John, you can certainly send text messages from Google Voice. That is actually my primary way of sending text messages now. Uh, so I am a very big fan of Google Voice and the SMS functionality that it has. And I would recommend that anyone who is looking to cut back a little bit on the amount that they're spending on texting to definitely take a look at doing it through Google Voice. Uh, You can definitely do it through data. That's how I do 100% of my texting now, whether it's on my BlackBerry, on my computer, or on my iPhone. It is all done by going to the Google Voice uh, website and then sending my text messages from there. You, however, are not able to send MMS messages at this point, but I can definitely see that coming up in the future. Yeah, and that's what I was just going to ask. I don't think you can do MMS, so it's just plain old text messages right now through Google Voice. Yeah, which, I mean, still is, is a real good way of going about it. I don't have really any problems with it, and the great thing is is you can have the messages that are sent back to you get forwarded to an email address, uh, which is very nice, because then obviously it uh, sends it right to your phone if you've got a push email account on your phone, which again is data, so you don't have to spend the money on the text messages. So uh, definitely a good way to go. John, thank you very much for bringing it up. Uh, And with that, uh, that will end the show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can send them to us to questions at thecellphonejunkie.com or give us a call, 206-203-3734. And Joey, thank you as always for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.